right. Welcome back to another podcast episode, Podcasts of Farming Assets. If you've joined us for the first time, fantastic. Welcome. We're excited to have you. If you like the content, give us a thumbs up. Feel free to subscribe and feel free to share us as well. Don't keep a secret and give this podcast a link to other friends, family, and colleagues. Again, this is all for you guys and feel free not to keep us a secret. Share this episode with everybody you possibly can. All right, welcome back to another episode. And so we're going to continue our progress on the 2023 Berkshire Hathaway annual meetings summary. And there's a Q&A from Seeking Alpha, the website Seeking Alpha that we're using as our guide. And so there's questions that if you remember, there's two forms of questions, pre-form, pre-questions written that where Miss Quick will be reading out those, those questions. And then when those get answered and Becky Quick's done with those, then it will be audience will be able to go to a, a microphone and ask their questions. And they've been going back and forth. And so we've done a few, a couple episodes already. And so we're going to continue to go through this. This is a question from Quick. The question about Brookshire's 2016 agreement with AIG, where Brookshire assumed up to $20 billion in liabilities in exchange for $10 billion up front. So Buffett answers this, says Brookshire merged with uh, merged the $10 billion in a general pool of assets. We account for 20% of the net, 26% of the net worth of all property and casualty companies in the United States. So this is amazing. This is crazy. Okay. 26% of the net worth of all property and casualty companies in the US so far with the payments that we have had to make have run modestly, slightly below the amount we anticipated having to pay in terms of our share of losses. So when they do actuarial numbers as a as an insurance company, they come up with premiums, they do these actuarial numbers, and then they bring on good business. They have less claims than they estimate. That is really good. So he's basically saying is we can handle it. It was our duty as a fellow insurance company to help to bring that on. And now granted, I'm sure they got some benefit from it that we don't know about. But when you think about that's crazy. And so Warren Buffett talks about something called insurance flow. And it's exactly that when premiums are paid, they get to hold on to these premiums until there's a potential claim. And in that period of time of premium paid and claim paid, they get to hold on to this money, this cash that he calls float. And what do they do with this float? They invest it for their benefit. Okay. And then when a claim occurs, guess what? They pay the claim. Okay. Now, this is how the insurance industry works and property and casualty is ideal for this. And so this is why Warren Buffett has 10 insurance companies that, well, how do you think he's able to have 26% of net worth of property and casualty companies? How do you think he's able to absorb 20 billion in liabilities from another company? How do you think he's able to go out and buy a $61 billion railroad company in 08-09 to offset too big to fail guidance and rules? So- Now, Jane said the actual payments were 96% of what we had projected to pay out at this point in time, which is good, but not great. If we end up paying less than what we projected, not only would we have borrowed money at a very attractive rate, significantly less than 4%. In addition to that, we would have made a fee, which in 2015 dollars would have been a million dollars. 
So there's kind of some of the behind the scenes, right? Some a little more numbers to that. Now, Munger said with Berkshire, the casualty insurance companies have four times as much stockholder capital behind each dollar premium value. Four times normal. Of course, we see the big deals. Who would you trust if you had a big liability you wanted to dump on somebody? He's saying we're financially stable. We've been smart and we put ourselves in a position to where we can help out. It wasn't about necessarily making more money and profit. They did well with this stuff, of course, but it was they put themselves in such a great position that he, Munger's right. Who would you have trusted? Okay. Now, Buffett goes on to say, we have $25 billion more coming in from things other than insurance every year with no obligations. It's a business where people are counting on you to pay. Clear and simple. Okay. Now, next question through the audience. How do you prepare the next generation for the inheritance of a family business coming their way? Buffett said, discuss your will with your children. <laughs> Drop the mic. That's it. Next question. <laughs> Now, the predetermined question uh, from Quick. A federal judge ruled in March that uh, BNSF, which is the railroad company Warren Buffett and Brookshire Hathaway purchased, intentionally and illegally violated an easement agreement on tribal land in Washington state by transporting long trains of crude oil. The same morning the judge made his ruling, a BNSF train derailed on tribal land, spilling oil in an environmentally sensitive area. How do BNSF and Brookshire subsidiaries fulfill their ethical responsibilities? Abel steps in with an, uh, a long answer. We had significant discussions with the tribe looking to resolve the issues, recognizing we obviously benefit from moving these those trains. Those discussions will continue. There are lessons learned there that we have to, when we make a commitment, understand what that commitment is and live by it. On the derailment side, we worked very closely with the tribe to mitigate that issue instantly and or at least over a reasonable period of time. They were very responsive. There are over a thousand derailments per year. The systems were designed in the late 1800s. We have 22,000 miles of track. It's not an easy business. We'll make mistakes. We have to carry certain products we wish we didn't have to carry. We are a common carrier. Do we like carrying chlorine and ammonia? No. We load them if they select our railroad. We are better than we used to be, but we've got a long way to go. Seems like a reasonable answer. He didn't shrug the question. He owned it without going into details, discussing that they, you know, they made a commitment. They should have stuck with it and lived by it. And they're working with the tribal leaders and, and they're in a business that they may not like everything that they do. And I think that's a, that's kind of a situation many times, but I guarantee you there's other competition that can do chlorine and ammonia. There's other railroad companies, but you know, the price is right. There's, it is a business and their shareholders dollars that are uh, responsible for them to make business financial decisions. So I thought that was a very good answer. Audience question. What are your thoughts on the development of clean energy? Abel responds with, this is a state-by-state issue. By 2030, we will reduce, reduce carbon footprint by 50% relative to 2005. That's the Paris Accord. Drop the mic. Done. Question from Quick. Who is currently behind Greg Abel and Ajit Jain? Buffett steps up and says, Greg will make that decision. That's it. Greg will make that decision. 
meaning we don't have to tell you right now. That'll be made when the time's made. Uh, question from the audience. What are some of the most important things for the U.S. to remain strong? Buffett, the U.S. is capable of doing remarkable things. Munger, I'm slightly less optimistic than Warren is. We have too many young and brilliant people going into wealth management. I agree with that. I 100% agree with that. I think wealth management is an area that there's a, used a very financial and term, there's a shit ton of money there. And there's a reason why there's a shit ton of money there is because I'll save my opinion. I agree with Munger. There's too many smart people being driven into wealth management. There's too many people straight out of higher education, but that's what people want. That's what those students want. That's what they want. They want to go and live the TV or the movie dream. What they see on TV and movies, they want to go live that dream. They want to be able to make a $5 million commission on a deal if they can. So just like an athlete wants to go pros because if they can and just why, you know, you can go down the line. So, but I agree with Munger on that quick. Are you concerned that a corporate raider like Carl Icahn would buy up Berkshire shares after Warren is no longer here? That's a good question. Buffett. Eventually, Greg and the directors will be judged based on how well our operation fares versus others. Berkshire will be judged as a national asset rather than a national liability. I think we win out in if we deserve to win out. Fair enough. Audience, please share a couple stories about Greg and Ajit that capture their character and caliber as leaders. That's a good question. Buffett. Berkshire's reinsurance operation from 1969 to 1986 was going nowhere. Ajit walked in on Saturday morning for a job interview. He knew nothing about insurance, but had experience in management consulting. After talking to him, I knew I'd struck gold. So I hired him, gave him the backing of some money. We hit a very good period in the market almost right away for him to act. You cannot replace Ajit. We still enjoy talking. I love that answer. And we still enjoy talking. Didn't say they're friends and they like each other, but they enjoy talking. <laughs> that's awesome. But that's the beautiful thing is, you know, about Buffett and Munger's leadership is that not everything is going to be exactly how you want it to be. Meaning they're interviewing for a particular position. They're inter- interviewing for a particular goal and focus. They found somebody that didn't have experience of where they were hiring, but he had good management consulting experience and they knew him as a person would be very good. And he's been with them for a long time. So that's a great lesson for us business owners as we look at the hiring process and make and trying to strike our own gold. All right, last question for this episode, quick. Why isn't Brookshire deploying its capital in cat reinsurance, catastrophic reinsurance now? And what is the impact of the Allegheny acquisition on reinsurance? Jane, Ajit Jane. Allegheny will continue to run its own reinsurance business. On April 1st, a big renewal date, prices were very attractive. So we now have a portfolio that is very heavily exposed to property catastrophic. Our exposure today is almost 50% more than six months ago. I think we have written as much as our capacity will allow us to write. However, if there is a big hurricane in Florida, 
we could lose as much as $15 billion. If there isn't a loss, we will make several billion dollars of profit. Given that we have a less than a $300 billion of capital, we think of that $15 billion, a 5% exposure that we're willing to take on. Fantastic way of looking at it. We're talking big, big numbers. And when you're a company like Berkshire that has put itself in a position of great success, of financial stability, when you look at some of these major catastrophic events that hurricanes, fires, and we hear that there's billions of dollars loss, you heard 15 billions was a 5% loss to the overall uh, capital of them. It's not that big of a deal when you think about it. So it's a worthy risk. So when you look at the the the, the small part small part of it, it's that's eye opening, right? Fifteen billion. But when you back out, you look at the overall scope of things, five percent, not that big of a deal. Now it is a big deal. It's money. It's a loss. It's it's tragic. It's people's lives. All that kind of stuff. I'm not not discounting all that. I'm just talking about from a just a balance sheet financial statement perspective. So. Anyways, thanks for joining us, guys, and we'll continue this these episodes. This was episode three, and we will be uh, coming out with episode four shortly. So look forward to you joining us. Add any comments, and uh, feel free to uh, share us with other uh, potential subscribers. Thanks, guys. Guys, have a great one. All right. Welcome back to another podcast episode, Podcast of Farming Assets. If you've joined us for the first time, fantastic. Welcome. We're excited to have you. If you like the content, give us a thumbs up. Feel free to subscribe and feel free to share us as well. Don't keep a secret and give this podcast a link to other friends, family, and colleagues. Again, this is all for you guys and feel free not to keep us a secret. Share this episode with everybody you possibly can.